Welcome back to The Ordinary Experience. Today I have with me a clubhouse friend that I've made over the internet. We've got to know each other for the last couple of months, been in and out of conversation. She's been bugging me to come on. This is Treza. Have I said that correctly? <laughs> or as close as humanly possible to correct me. Yes, you have. Hello, Faraj. How are you doing today? Yes. I'm great, thank you. Excited? Nervous? Um, nervous. Yes. Slightly super nervous. Okay, actually. so I think we should just jump straight um, into it. Why are you nervous? Okay. Um, I think it's, it's just the fact that um, regardless of like how many views or listeners this will get, there's a potential to like get a lot of them like potentially a lot of people will like listen to me um and I'm just not used to you know I've never been in any situation where I have um big audience listening to me so yeah I think it's just about that and being like recorded both my voice and my image uh It's a new experience. It's what it is. I think it all comes down to that. What is it about? Is it because you're not in control? Like you're not in control of your own image and your own voice? Like on an Instagram feed, for instance, it's like a highly curated version of what you want to post, right? This is slightly more laid back. It's a li little bit more like a, like a conversation you'll have at a restaurant. Does that scare you? Yeah. Oh yeah, it does. Um, and as I said, because I don't know who will listen to it. Like if I'm, if we're at a restaurant, yeah. I know like whether there's more people with us or not. Like I know who's there. I can mm -hmm. adjust what I say, um, both in terms of like tone and voice even, but also in terms of content here I don't have that like instant feedback like I'm talking to you and I mm -hmm. I will see your reactions but I will not see anyone else's reactions and once they see it, see this it will be recorded already like it's done I can't do anything about it like you can't change it so, adapt it you can't change it. well we can change the captions yeah. but the topic of conversation is is stuck in time Yeah. Is it is it because like it's a new experience and it's all of that wrapped into one like that just it's this it's this cycle of I can't control it and as a result I'm scared of it. I think I think you're like describing it correctly like you're putting into words what I'm thinking. <laughs> okay. Um, as long as I'm putting, not putting words in your it's mouth. It's definitely that. Yeah. <laughs> What, no, what, no. We had a conversation off camera. Right <laughs> Thankfully, um, we had a conversation off camera about like you being worthy of coming on a podcast. Like, can you talk me through what that's like? Because I know that when I started this, it was never about like other people wanting to hear me. It was more just like me vocalizing my own thoughts, feelings, opinions. And it's turned into this where I interview guests and empowering the ordinary person. Like mentally, when I asked you to come on the podcast, what went through your head? 
Um, so first of all, I think we need to clarify when I asked you to come Sorry, on the yes. podcast. That's how it happened. <laughs> and then you agreed to it because you were like, she's never going to leave me alone if I don't do this. So what we can take like of this whole episode is like persistence makes you go a long way. <laughs> And why I'm on a you, podcast now. Why, anyway. why did you why did you want to do one? If you're scared of con- of not being able to control your narrative, why why suggest like, oh, can I come on? Yeah, it's 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 a paradox. And like in a way, it doesn't make any sense. But um so I feel like I have a lot to say. Mm. They may not be the right things, but I do have a lot to say. Like, I'm a chatterbox. I like talking to people. Um, and it, what scares me about, like, the potential uh, number of listeners or viewers um, on the episode or the podcast, that scares me, but at the same time, it excites me, like, what what can come like out of this or you know how will my voice and what i'm saying impact other people mm-hmm. um because you know i've been impacted by people who have no idea that they had that effect on me um when on, on that topic if you don't mind me interjecting is that are there, those people that have impacted your life for me a lot of them are like people in the media so celebrities athletes um individuals that are constantly in front of a camera with you is it individuals that are in the media or are they just normal human beings that have said something to you like a like a passing comment in the street and just been and sometimes like that can just blow your world like wide open and be like wow this is incredible yeah definitely the latter really like i'm very yeah like i'm very into like pop culture and not not so much now but like i used to know um you know all the celebrities and stuff like that but i've never felt impacted by them Mm -hmm. or not that much anyway uh so it's the ordinary person because those people are the ones that i can relate to you know, more or less, but I can relate much more to a normal person than to a celebrity. Right. They're not meant to be relatable. Like, that's literally not... That's the opposite of why they were created, like celebrity culture. You're not supposed to relate to them. You're supposed to aspire to be them. Mm -hmm. But for me to aspire to be something... I need to see a level of like proximity as in, you know, their situation is not as different to mine, if okay. that makes sense. And with celebrities, that just doesn't happen. So it's the everyday person. So because that they're so usually impacts me. Because they're so far beyond the realm of like like your current situation and it's everything is literally like what they do on a daily basis or what you see they do in the daily basis is literally only things that you can imagine you can't connect with them on that like one-to-one level and 
that and also i don't aspire to be like them like them so it's not like i aspire to be like everyone who has had an impact on me on the way i think on my life uh but i don't see um much more to aspire than like uh, or much to aspire i mean in being a celebrity so you know this is not to say that celebrities cannot like do good things and impact you like i've been inspired by celebrities it's not like i haven't if you got one off the but top of your it's head. more common um i mean i don't think the people who have inspired me um qualify as celebrities like they're famous in their let define celebrity is it like a hollywood person like a singer yeah that's the typical kind of narrative of what a celebrity is yeah so um are you talking more, I can tell are you, you talking right? more about people that are just in the public eye um n- not exactly i was thinking yeah but those are not celebrities so scratch that <laughs> um yeah i can't tell you anyone that i've been influenced by at least not off the top of my head it's not a not single person what? no what no one no one comes to mind beyonce because she's beyonce <laughs> what does she give you does she does she give you confidence i guess yeah i mean you just blast on some queen v and you're good to <laughs> Makes go you feel like women run <laughs> the world right yeah exactly um so yeah but in terms of a specific mm-hmm. thing like i can tell you stuff that i've heard like a, a sentence that stuck with me like ever since um and that comes from ordinary people but in terms of celebrities i can tell you a specific thing that they inspire me to do or B, it's more of an overall feeling, if that makes sense. Oh, so, okay. So kind of what you're saying is that you get more out of the ordinary person on a micro level. So like it taps into something smaller and something more distinct. While with someone that's in the public eye, people on TV, whatever, right? You, they give you more of a macro view. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Yeah, like Beyonce and confidence. Like it's it's a big ticket item. It's not something very very specific that you're dealing with. That's interesting. Yeah. With the ordinary person, it is. For me, like, I I have had similar situations where someone said something f- to me, and I've been like, "Wow, that's quite." That hits home a lot, and I think I've I've got like a I've got a good balance between people that are in the public eye, um, athletes, celebrities, musicians as well as ordinary individuals. So for me, my my celebrity, also to speak, my athlete is Kobe, um, the basketball player. And I always talk about this and it's like that mumba mentality of outworking the next guy, the next person, but also striving to be the best best version of yourself. And that's what sticks with me. And he's gone and he's passed on to the next realm, wherever that might be. But that is the thing that kind of like, when I reach a deep, dark place and I'm like, why am I doing this? What am I doing? Like this week, I've had a terrible week. Just, it's felt horrible. Um, just sort of been out of whack. 
but I know that in the back of my head, there's this little, little voice that's going like best version of yourself, like mama mentality, like grind, like pick yourself back up. Why are you doing this? Like readjust, reset, and let's keep going. And like, for me, that's helped a lot um, with dealing with, with everything that, you know, I deal with my emotions and my feelings on a, on a daily basis. And so it's, uh, that's really useful. But then, like I said, I had a conversation with, with an ordinary person, like I was on the way back from my road trip through Europe and it was literally the last leg of the journey. We were, um, we were crossing the channel and we're on the ferry back and we were talking to this couple. And this couple would literally like, they had packed their bags in the 60s, I think, and um, literally drove into Europe, maybe 60s or 70s, drove into Europe in a truck or a van or a car. And for the next like 30, 40 years, all they had been doing is like just moving from place to place in Europe and working. And they were telling us all of these like stories. Like they were like, like quite old now, like 60, 70. Um, and it was just the most phenomenal conversation. Like I just wasn't expecting that. And you know, when that just, it, something tweaks and something triggers it and you're like, wow, I, I remember that. I remember that conversation. It was phenomenal. A whole two hours just went by like that. Yeah, I get it. No, that's, um, that's such a great feeling when it happens and I've done my share of uh, traveling, like solo traveling, which has given me um, some opportunities to experience uh, stuff like that. Um, and that's why um, we're going to say something. I was going to ask, let's switch yeah. gears slightly. You mentioned solo traveling. What's it like as a female to go solo traveling? Honestly, um is it as big a deal as everyone makes out? I like? didn't love it. Okay. What, the solo traveling or solo traveling as a female? Um, no, solo traveling. Okay. Um, I mean, first of all, I think it's important to say that my experience is, is not reflective of everyone's experience. Um, so, you know, I might say... Um, I didn't face any issues traveling as a female or solo traveling as a female. Um, but I've heard stories of people who are like close to being raped uh, and other like horrible things like that while solo traveling Jeez. as a female. Um, also, it depends on where you travel. Like I've only traveled alone in Europe. I went to Slovenia. I went to Croatia. I went to London. Like that doesn't even qualify as like solo traveling. <laughs> You'd be surprised. There are some. There but, are some not nice spots in London. No, yeah, but but I also had people there. So like I went by myself, but um, I knew people there. Um, but Croatia and Slovenia was one hundred percent alone, um, and. I never felt, there was one time that I felt um, worried, I guess, because are you familiar with the concept of couch surfing? Couch surfing, where you're like moving from couch to couch yeah. and staying at different people's places. Basically, yeah. yeah. So uh, the idea is like to connect with different people. So it's not like, oh, I'll give you a 
place to sleep and that's it no you're supposed to like um get something out of it like know people and if someone's hosting you um the idea is for you to you know spend time with them it's not not just i'm gonna sleep here and i'll go and do what whatever i want to do without you like there's not an obligation but um it's how it works usually so um i had met a lot of people through couchsurfing because you can do you can use couchsurfing just um as a way to meet people Mm -hmm. but mainly it's used to find a place to sleep and you can find everything you can find people actually have a spare bedroom and you sleep in there you find people who like have a sofa you can find everything on there and obviously you find people who are looking to take advantage of you whether you're a man or a woman um what's it like what's it like being if you don't mind me asking like when you're in a position like that where you feel uncomfortable and you are solo traveling what do you do like how does that feel like what do you how do you get out of a situation like that um again i've never been in a situation where I was facing the person I was feeling uncomfortable that was making me feel uncomfortable the only situation I had was I was I found this guy on couch surfing I was supposed to stay at his place this was in Ljubljana Slovenia um and then I can't tell you what happened for sure but just the way he was talking something felt off so this was right at the beginning of my trip. So I I left Portugal, went to Milan, mm-hmm. spent like a day in Milan. And in the evening, I took a coach to, to Ljubljana and I got there at like 8 a.m. the next day. Um, and something was off about this guy. So I said, you know what, I'll stay in a hotel. Like, I'll, I'll need a good night of sleep anyway. So... I won't do couch surfing tonight. Um, and and yeah, nothing happened. Just, I told the guy, like, you know what? Things changed. Like, my plans changed. I don't need to stay at your place. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Um, and that was it. I've never been in a situation where I was facing that person. Mm-hmm. And, like, while solo traveling, anyway. I've only encountered great people I've done a few like stupid things uh too like I in Croatia I mean I felt fine by it but telling people they were like why would you do that but I know other people have done like way crazier things but uh when I was in Croatia I got a ride with like four Italian guys they were going from the city where I was to the city where I wanted to be and there's this app called blah blah car and it's just ride sharing, basically. Yeah. So, you know, I looked it up. So if someone was going to, I think it was from Zadar to Split. Yeah. Uh, and these four Italian guys looked, you know, all right and fine. And I was like, okay, I'll go with you. And everything went perfect. And then we were while we were all in Split, we actually met a few times after they gave me the ride because, you know, um, we got along and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, last, last time I was in Canada, 
uh, or the only time I was in Canada, I went out and then I was talking to like the door guy and he was like, oh, but wh where do you live? And I was like, oh, here. And he said, okay, I'll give you a ride. And I was like, okay. And then I was in the car and I was like, what am I doing? What, 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 <laughs> I was trying what, what, to recognize where to I was. That. Like you're in the car and then you're thinking about the I decision you made. But you didn't feel, did you and not feel like, scared in those situations? Uh, did you not feel scared in those situations? No. You, you must have an inherent no. like trust in people. I do. I do. It's horrible. Like I hate it, but I trust everyone. I'm not gullible. I'm not gullible, so. Yeah, there's a fine line between I the can two. Yeah, so I'm not. But you know how, like, proven oh, innocent until proven guilty. Proven you guilty. very much are like that. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, you know, I believe everyone's in this world to do good and just, like, vibe and like no one's gonna harm me <laughs> what about serial um, killers then like people that, that end up fair, murdering like, like hundreds maybe not hundreds but like several people like how do you end up no i'm not saying are they, i'm not saying are they, are they do, that is how it works because i'm very much the same I, I i try and see the best no in no people. no no and sometimes things go awry um, and you end up on a on a streak of doing horrible things no yeah um i'm not saying everyone is indeed here to vibe and do good or like not do harm because it's more important um it's more important to minimize the suffering mm -hmm. in the world than it is to maximize happiness happiness uh so i'm not saying everyone is here to like not try and do any harm but that's how i unconsciously live my life of course, like, I'm not stupid. Rationally, I know there's horrible people out there. But on a, like, day-to-day -day basis, mm -hmm. I just don't act like, you know, everyone's bad. Um, and I'm a woman, so... It's very easy to, you know, be walking somewhere and seeing like a guy behind you and wondering like does this person like have second intentions or is he just walking the same way I am because he's going the same direction how do you, I'm going how do you gauge that on in the online world um can you elaborate okay, on that so um we met on the on the app clubhouse that's how we got to know each other Right. Um, and I think the beauty about Clubhouse is that it broke down barriers really quickly because you got to hear the tones of the person's voice. Um, that and the fact that it obviously it let you go straight into the other application. So you could put your Instagram handle in or your Twitter handle so you could link to those other apps really quickly. So you could find that that person's kind of digital footprint, so to speak. But if you like if someone DMs you on Instagram, like someone that you don't know, you've got no mutuals with, how do you gauge that individual's um, intention? Like if they're asking you for something, like I, I DM people to get them on the podcasts and there must be some people that are like, why is this guy like asking me? 
Like, I don't know him. We've got no mutuals. Like, what, what is his intention here? And I message, I message from my personal account. Um, I don't message, I don't always message from the, um, the ordinary experience account. Yeah. So I, I'm not, I'm never sure which one to do it off. I just end up doing it off mine because it's the one I'm mostly on. Um, how do you gauge if someone was to like text you, someone was to DM you, how do you gauge that person's intentions like off the mark? Because you get no feeling, there's no vibe straight away. Everything that you're looking at, if you're messaging them. No one DMs me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know how to enter that. Literally no one cares. <laughs> I'm dead. Uh, you go on TikTok, like you... Look, you go on TikTok and you see people like, oh, this guy slid into IDMs. Like, I can't relate. Like, great for you, can't relate. <laughs> that is so funny. You know, what, you know what the funny thing is? You know what's even more hilarious? I'm exactly the same. No one DMs me. <laughs> or minimal, minimal people DM me. Oh, man. I'm, what, what? How does that make you feel when other people talk about their like their DMs and people like getting look, messages and meeting other people? Look, <laughs> you gotta actually show me your DMs. Let me get my phone. You gotta actually show me your DMs. Yeah, so oh. right now I have five message requests. Right. Um the other day I got a um a message request like of this girl um who was Portuguese, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure. But she she messaged me in English saying, um Oh, um, hi, Teresa. Um, I have I have a group chat here on Instagram of women who like to explore with other women. Would you like to join? I was like, why? Like, how on earth did this person find me and thought it was like a good idea? It was not like it was a bad idea, but it was like, what goes in that person's head to think like you know what i'm gonna invite this person to like basically be in a shooter shot group chat <laughs> yeah so i didn't reply to that one then i have another one of a girl saying she has a project that i could you know be a good addition to so can we talk the next day, like in, in the next few days? Then there's people, there's like three messages of people saying they want to collaborate with me, but it's that kind of collaboration that that's like you get 15% off your order, but you have to order. Yes, like, yes. And pay I've, for I've the stuff. Those as well. um, so those bullshit, can I say bullshit? Yes, you can. It's okay. Is that a swear word? I don't it's know. It's okay. Um, <laughs> um, so... So yeah, there's a lot of those. And then this guy reacting with the 100% um, emoji to my story last night. And that's it. My DMs are not like, are not a, they're like a desert. <laughs> and how I deal with that, you asked. Does it... Does it make you ever this feel is, it? This is what I was afraid of. <laughs> that I was not going to be able to turn my filter on, which I knew I wouldn't because I never do. But, you know, I'm here now. So <laughs> Okay, so on, on, this, on this topic of having dry desert DMs, does it ever make you feel alone? Does it ever make you feel alone? 
Uh, no, like you have no, not like alone. You have I wouldn't no say alone. Or, um, there's no one out there that cares for you. Does it ever make you feel like that? Oh no, I mean, people send me DMs, but no, it's mostly my friends. So the same way we have our group chat on WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. We also do on Instagram, and we just share things. Um, but when I was talking about like my DMs being dry, <laughs> was more about like people just randomly DMing you. You know, like like you hear other people saying like that happens to them. I can't relate. So in that sense, and I wouldn't say alone. Maybe like not um validated or like you know part we've talked about this before part of your idea of self mm-hmm. only exists in relation to other people mm-hmm. like without other people there's no self um and so there's a part of you it's it's different for everyone but there's a part of you that needs to feel like approved and um and validated so sometimes it does like my confidence and my self-esteem does take a little bit of a hit when you know everyone's talking about the dms they're getting and i'm like yeah i don't know what you're talking about um but but then again um me and my friends we talk all the time Mm. like literally all the time so I never get to feel alone. Right. Not saying that I want to feel alone, but like even if I want it, uh, you can feel alone and be surrounded by people. Yeah. That's a fact. Uh, but in that sense of, you know, no one's messaging me, um, I'm constantly getting messages. It's, um, it's more about the content. Right. Um, so it's not, if I do feel alone, it's not because of the lack of messages. Because I'm constantly getting messages from my close friends. You, you mentioned something about self there, and maybe we can go, we so, can go down that rabbit yeah. hole. The, the concept of self okay. is in a really weird place at this moment in time, right? Because you said, and I agree with you, I think self is very much it only exists because other people exist. Like we wouldn't have a self if we don't, if other people weren't there. But we live in this world that's like online and offline now. I say offline, I mean like in person, right? And I guess self is becoming something else now because you now can live completely different versions of yourself. It's not just one entity. Well, maybe 10, 15 years ago, literally the, the, the people, the individual that people saw was yourself. Now we're living in this highly curated world where yourself is the one that's on your Instagram, the one that's on your YouTube, the one that's on your podcast, the one that's like in person, like that's, set, that's four different selves, four different selves. How do you think like we're going to deal with that going into the future? Like, what's your take on that? I don't know if I agree with that. Really? With, like, you having four different selves. Because I think it's the other way around. Okay. So, back when the world was offline, 
um, I'm talking from like how I live my life, I right? I expect um, anything else. So back when, no, yeah, <laughs> no, because I'm sure there's people who actually like actively, actively try to be someone else. Uh, but what I do think is that back when the world was like exclusively offline, um, you you had to put on a happy face or like whatever your most palatable version would be, and that's pretty much how you would you know live your life. I think right now people are feeling less. Um, you know how I mentioned like the shackles, like some of my relationships feel like shackles to me. Okay. So I think, I think that um, for me, social media and how I, how I am on social media, mm -hmm. like the content I post, especially on my Instagram stories, because I don't, I don't post much more than just like pictures of myself like selfies on my like grid so the stories which is um what i mostly use i'm very if you read my stories and you see me around my friends i'm a fairly different person it's not like they don't know that part of me but um let's say fast fashion and we can get into that later but Every now and then, I'm vocal about fast fashion on my Instagram stories. I barely talk about it with my friends but now. Like I tried. No, I opt I've opted out of fashion. Um. So no. <laughs> I, I do. I, thought, I, I thought, do want I thought to I go. Thought I could catch you out there. No, no. But but I do get that sometimes. Like it's not like. I do slip sometimes. You slip, slip um, between like um, the the version of Teresa that is like on her stories and the version that's in person. Oh no, I I, I meant oh, around shopping at Zara. Oh, shopping. <laughs> yeah, every now and then I slip, but like it's very rare. It's like once a year, and I go and buy like two tops. Uh, but when I'm there, I'm like, what if there's someone here who follows me on Instagram, and there's and they see me. Like here, I'm gonna come across as like a total hypocrite, and that really worries me because when I do talk about it, I'm very vocal. Right. Um, and you know, it's just that one time, but it's one time enough for people to see you if they're they're at the same. But time. like, every, like let's and to say, get like a completely let's say like idea. you're you're um, you're out and about and you're you're shopping or whatever. Does it not like weigh on you the fact that you then have to? kind of be watching your own back to see if someone that follows you on Instagram or whatever might come up to and be like, you're a hypocrite. Like, how does that work then? Like, how does that work then? It does, but I also know that um, at the end of the day, um, shopping and fashion, I think we're, we're sold the idea that fashion is an expression of self. Mm-hmm. Which can be, but now that I've opted out of fashion, not even fast fashion, like I barely buy clothes now. Um, and, you know, if my friends say, oh, there's a bunch of clothes I don't want anymore, uh, I'm going to go to their place and like see what they have. And it will be, if they're in good condition, they'll be like new clothes to me. Um, 
and but fashion was something that was always to me was always a very important part of myself like um it was one of the things that were part of my identity was the fact that I was super into fashion um and from the moment I started realizing the evil that the fashion industry is it was very hard for me to break up with that part of my identity because I was like this is how I express myself um and you know when I say expressing myself it's not that I was wearing like really out there outfits I probably looked at like any other basic bitch that you see on the street like not saying that it's not the case sending shots here okay i'm i'm putting myself in that group so um but you know but it was part of my expression um and the way i express myself and when you're sold that idea Mm -hmm. since you are born especially as a woman that fashion is how you express yourself and all of a sudden you realize that you cannot keep going because your way of expressing yourself is happening at, at someone else's expense. Mm-hmm. But again, you live your whole life with this idea. It's very hard to be aligned. And when you like break up with it, it's very hard to be aligned with that all the time so it's very hard for me to resist not shopping like 24 7 and but I can tell you that it is very liberating to get over the need for new clothes it's very liberating but every now and then especially when you're around people who do not share the same ideology and I've tried to tell my friends like how bad the fast the fast fashion industry is, uh, and you know they listen to me. But it's like but yeah, listening good just for to you. Entertain the conversation. You're trying to do good in the world. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Um, so, so yeah, when you're around people who don't share those same ideologies, it's it's extremely hard to be like, yeah, I don't need clothes. But then you're always getting like bombarded with adverts, people, stuff. people wearing new things, people buying new things. Exactly. Everything. And, and your sense of value in a capitalist, a capitalistic world is like deeply attached to the things you own and how many you own. Yeah, I think, and I think that that's really weird because we've come from a place, let me, let me phrase my words correctly here. We, as a society, as a humanity, have come from a place of not needing anything and then being told that we need stuff. Like, we were very, very comfortable living in our, like, caves probably at some point yeah eating mangoes under a tree yeah maybe eating mangoes just under a tree chilling and vibing and and now like when people say like oh i've opted out of fashion or 
you know, I've, I've opted out of societal, society's life scripts. I'm going to go and become a monk or I'm going to go and become um, like a sadhu or I'm just going to go and meditate and sit on a rock for however many years, sit under a tree. Like that is one applauded and also looked at weirdly when we were always built for that kind of thing. We weren't actually built for all of this. Like we weren't built to be sitting in front of cameras and talking on podcasts. Like we were just, I don't think we were built to have conversations, like we're purpose built to have conversations. It's just a part of our like evolution to be able to communicate with one another. And now we're told that we have to have a phone to make a, to, to call someone. We can't just go and see them. Like that is like, oh, you want to see me? Like I get like that as well. I'm like, you want to see me? Can't we just call? Like we can just FaceTime. That's fine, right? And like I go through those switches of like, oh, I want to see see people, and then like I just want to FaceTime people, and it's like finding the balance in all of that as a human in this age is really really odd, um, especially because of COVID. Like you can't actually see certain people. For instance, you're in Portugal right now. Like two years ago, I could just organize a trip and come out to Portugal, like that. Now it's got to think about rules and regulations and like where do you stay? Are you vaccinated? Are you not? And Exactly. Like, it's really, really weird. Um, but apparently we need all of that. Yeah, I mean, um, when I went to the UK just uh, three weeks ago, the day before I flew out mm -hmm. to the UK, the government, the, the, um, the government there in the UK decided that Portugal was going to be moved to the Ember list. Right, yeah. So all of a sudden, instead of having to do the uh, test on day two, I would have to do a test on day two, a test on day eight, and quarantine for, and, and do quarantine for 10 days. Like, all of a sudden, everything was, like, planned out. and then, But then it didn't come into, like, those new rules didn't start when they announced it. Mm -hmm. It was like, if you get to the UK until like day X, you don't need to do those things. Uh, but yeah, just to add that there's a bunch of new things uh, at the moment that make your life harder uh, for socializing and traveling. Uh, and it, it can get harder at any given moment, yeah, <laughs> like it did when I went here. Yeah, um, but going back to what you were saying about like FaceTiming and um, not going and see someone and FaceTiming instead, um, I can't really subscribe to that because I meet my friends for like drinks or coffee. In Portugal, we say, let's go for a coffee and like it can literally mean anything yeah I, I i know i know i know what european lifestyle is anything. like I, i've heard i can tell you like i go for a coffee and then you'll be out for the next 10 hours least. and somehow come up, somehow just end up at a club and then you'll come home at like four in the morning and be like yeah that was a really good coffee <laughs> exactly <laughs> or like so i i go for coffee with them Three times a week, at least. Right. Um, so let's say Wednesday, we get off from work. 
and we go to like our local pub um and just meet for like beer basically uh i can't tell i can't tell you the last time i had i actually had coffee <laughs> do, you, do you like it just doesn't you, happen you know when you when you meet the saki so one of the things with me is that when i'm meeting the same people like over and over and over and over again um i know that i feel like i'm not growing because i'm not taking on board like like completely new people's interactions and stuff like that um maybe maybe it's not not growing i i become complacent in those relationships i think is the is the way to describe it um that doesn't mean i don't love those people when i want to spend time with them i've chosen to go and see them but we have a mutual friend um Muslim. Musin and I will call most days. Like I will have a FaceTime with him or a phone call most days. Five, ten minutes up up to an hour max. Like we both have lives to live. Um but on, on the other side, it's like I couldn't I don't think I could meet Musin every single day. I could call him, I could I could I could tolerate it. Um and this isn't uh, this isn't him as a like as, as a person it's me i would become like i can't like I'd, I'd find it really difficult to just go go out and meet like if we were working on a project together that's slightly different but i also like my own space and i also like meeting new people so hence the podcast is great because i get to meet new people um do you not find it a little bit odd that you like you go out like three times a week with the same people it's like the same do you not feel like sometimes it's the same conversations about the same things like there's no new perspectives oh yeah oh yeah it definitely is um and that's why um so i are you familiar with discord yes i am familiar with discord yes yeah so um on on discord i'm part of like a server with a bunch of other people that subscribe to this girl's Patreon. She she's like she's a podcaster too. Um she's a philosopher. Interesting. And this is this is how I came like came across a bunch of new concepts and wacky ideas. Uh but I haven't talked to them in a while, but there was a time like a few months that I was I needed to talk to them, to those people, because it was a way of hearing and listening to new ideas and new perspectives. Mm-hmm. Because with with my friends, it's security. It's knowing what to expect. Uh, it's gar- It's a guarantee that I will have a good time. And I see them like family. I like we've been friends. Most of them, most of us, we've been friends for seventeen years. Right. A lot of them are uh, are family. Like two of them are sisters, four of them are cousins. It's uh, and, and then there's like three of us who have no family connection to them, but we we were basically adopted because everyone's family. So we end up being like family too. Um, but, and I was talking to two of them last Friday, it does feel stagnant sometimes. Mm-hmm. And the thing 
about being friends with someone for so long is that it's very hard, at least for me, it's very hard to to wrap your head around the idea that you might be growing or becoming a version of yourself that those people don't know. I'm not talking about outgrowing them because I think as much as I become a bit different um, in some things, I will never outgrow, outgrow my friends because they're part of me, like they're part of my identity. Um, who I am today only makes sense because of like what I've been through with them and what they've taught me and I'm sure what I've taught them too. Um, but when you know someone for so long, and knowing that they've seen me this way for so long, it's hard for me to present myself as slightly different. Even if, like, naturally, I don't want to be that version, I tend to be stuck with that version because I guess it comes down to, like, fear of rejection, maybe. Uh, and like they've known me for so long yeah yeah like what if they don't like this version of me now and I've changed a lot um the last two years like politically I've changed a lot um like I was someone who was who had no interest in politics like literally I didn't care and and now I have a lot of opinions. See, that's funny. And those opinions... Because I've gone the complete opposite. Like, there was a point in my life, yeah. and maybe the, maybe it still kind of exists within me, where, like, I wanted to be the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Like, I thought <laughs> politics was a really good job for me and my character. Yeah. And now, yeah. I don't even watch the news. Yeah. No, I don't watch the news like, either. I, when I, I mean politics, I, yeah, but I don't watch the news in terms of like, um, not not like what the BBC like. We've got the BBC here. I watch like the Commons, so we have the House of House of Houses of Parliament. So like watching the Commons talk, I like. I used to kind of like watch that, like kind of see what's happening there. In the UK, it's a little bit weird the way they do it. There's like this weird kind of banter that they have. Um, it's very odd, but. Like, I used to be quite intrigued about that. Now, it's more like, let me ask someone who's educated in a political space, whose ideas, principles, concepts, I trust and feel like give a good, well-rounded explanation of things. And I'll just go and ask them and be like, okay, who's a, who's a good person to vote for? Yeah. Oh, no. But yeah, I, I don't mean, um, I think that's really like intelligent um of you but what i mean in this case when i say politics is political issues and not politics as in the candidates to whatever okay. position in portugal so, like i still don't care much about so for that. instance would you I say mean, like, like palestine okay. that's politics at the end of the day i mean right it's human rights but you know it all comes down to politics um racism LGBTQIA plus that's whole politics and I didn't care about any of those things and now I do 
and most of what I believe is very different to what most of my friends believe. Right. And that has created some tension in some moments between us. Are you able to like have conversations about how you would go go about solving solving those them, tensions? Yes. And you know, talking about how oh, you've oh, changed. Oh, okay. no, I thought I thought you were, I thought you were uh, you were asking something else. Um, I think like now we just n- don't talk about it, like, which is not the best way to go. But I don't think none of us is ready to you know give in and like my beliefs are. So I I do believe that we should have strong views and beliefs, but it's what I told you the other day. If someone, you you have the right to your own opinion, Mm -hmm. but if you're shown or told a more logical or like better idea or perspective, you have a duty and an obligation to change your view. I wouldn't. I From wouldn't say. You voice I wouldn't opinion. say it's a duty, though. I would say it's like you would be doing a disservice to yourself if you wouldn't at least try to try to look at it in this new perspective, because it could work for you, right? This could this could one completely change the way that you perceive life, or two, it could just make you slightly more efficient in the thing that you're doing. Like, okay, uh, we to use the example that we talked about the other day. If someone said to me like Viraj, the way that you're editing is is just backwards but all that i know at this moment in time is how to edit this way and they show me a completely new way i have a i have a uh it'd be doing it yeah maybe it is a duty actually it maybe it is a duty i have a duty to myself or it'd be a disservice to myself to not at least try to see if i can figure it out and weave it into my own way so that it improves my life like if it's like we're doing exactly the same thing. You do it one way and it gets done in 10 minutes. I do it my way and it gets done in an hour. It'd be stupid if I didn't try it your way. And that's the that's the difficult thing is like, people always want their own opinion. People always want to do it their way. I think you've got to be so humble um, and so open. Yeah, it is ego. And you have to be so open to like trying new things and look someone else can be better than you at something it's it's just a fact right you could have more mental clarity than me because you put in you put in the work to to get to that point you could be more politically um up to date than i am because you take more interest in that now if i wanted to be like you if i wanted those things why wouldn't i try your way of thinking why wouldn't i try the way that you do things you research things and stuff like that because if I do it my way, I'm just going to end up in the position that I'm in. You have to be so open to other people's perspectives. Because so what? You do it your way. And it's just your way. There's 8 billion people on the planet who all do it a slightly different way. And all, and every, all everyone's striving for is to just, I think, deep, deep down, is to try and be the best version of themselves. So the best version of myself isn't going to come internally for me all the time. It's going to become by looking at other people and be like, okay, so he's doing this this way and he's better than me or she's better than me at this particular thing that I want to get good at. Okay, so let me take on board the way that they do stuff. But ego is a massive problem. Um, ego is a huge problem in relationships. 
and yeah. friendships. It's one of our worst enemies. Um, because it's present in like everything. Um, and it requires a lot of like training for you to be able to like go um like overcome your ego do you don't think that's crazy though the fact that we have to overcome the thing that the entity that lives this thought that of ourselves that lives inside of us we have to overcome that yeah it's it's a paradox in a way because like it's what makes you you but you have to overcome it it's so weird um but it is it is a problem for us. And of course, I struggle with my ego too. How do you, how do you get over it? Also, your ego? I think uh, because in the last few years, I realized there, there was so much I was not interested in, but ended up realizing that I actually like those things. Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, it made me realize that. I don't know everything and there's people who for sure know more than mm -hmm. me uh, and have a way of looking at things probably better than than mine. So and I've come across like I actually I actively look for other perspectives. How? By reading, by listening, by communicating. Or, let me let me rephrase that. I don't look for other perspectives. Um, the fact that my friends have so many uh, opinions that are different to mine, like politically, uh, which then applies to everything in our lives, allows me not to be in an echo chamber. Okay. So on social media, the way the algorithm works, you're constantly being fed information that feeds your confirmation bias and that makes you think uh, the way you're thinking even more and makes people more polarized mm -hmm. because my life, my offline life, most people around me think differently. It counterbalances the algorithm on my Instagram, mm -hmm. which is great because my Instagram really is an echo chamber like everyone else's. Um, but in real life, it's everything but. So it works out great for me. But um, so, so in, it's not like I in, actively look for other... Yeah. When you're making... Okay, so w when you're making new friends, for instance, and the in, these individuals on your Discord is probably in a, in, a, in a way like an echo chamber, but like online, if you're meeting new friends, if you're just out on one of your, on one of your coffee escapades... Um, and you're meeting new people. Do you actively go and like seek, I guess unconsciously go and seek out people that support the same opinions and support the same views as you do? Or do you go and look for people that go against your views? Um, like it, that, I don't, I can't answer that because like, how do you I don't go and meet new people it's what we do like it's the way we live in Portugal because it's where, where I've where I'm from like Porto it's such a small city 
Is it one of those like, everyone knows everyone? Everyone knows everyone. Ah, okay. So it's it's very hard to meet new people. Of course, there's people I don't know. Like, of course. But, you know, I'm 27. I've had the same friends for 17 years. Like the same there's, full group of friends? Yes. For 17 years. Yes. My oldest friend I met in fifth grade. Uh, or the friend I've had for, for like the longest. I met on, in fifth grade. She was in my class. Then she had a cousin who was like in sixth grade. But like they were best friends already. I became best friends with them. Then one of them has a sister who's like three years older than me. So yeah, it was always like we we've always been together. Like this friend that um that I've known since fifth grade, I studied in the same class as her until graduating high school, except for one year. Like in tenth grade, we went to different schools. Mm-hmm. Other than that, we were always together. Like I've known myself with her in my life for longer than without if that makes sense yes like yes. yeah uh and like her there's most of my other friends from that group of friend of friends so so yeah unless like let's say i get into a relationship mm-hmm. and that person has friends who i don't know then i will meet new people but other than that it's, you know, it's not like we're, like none of us or any of us will have new people and new friendships in their life because, you know, we have such a, such solid friendships right now and it's just not how it works here. But that doesn't mean it's that you can't. such a small place that you always have the same people. That doesn't mean that you can't make it different though right like if you wanted to you could oh, go yeah. out and and um i guess you don't do that in portugal but you do it in your online world like you're on a bunch of people with a, on a discord channel you go on you go on these applications yeah. and you meet new people um like clubhouse for instance um how else would we have met oh that's like mind-boggling to my friends really like what i do the way I live, I I live my online life. Mm-hmm. My friends are always like taking the piss at me because I have internet friends. <laughs> I I think that's pretty cool. The fact like you're constantly. able to make a friend in a different country, but never actually. Have met I them. love it, but but that's the thing. Then, like, I don't feel like sharing it with them with my like, uh real life friends as in offline life as in offline friends um because you know they don't understand and it's just weird and again it all comes down to ego because it breaks with what you're used to Mm. and autumn you like in your like the drawers in your head you automatic automatically file it under doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. because it breaks with what you think and um 
it because you can't really understand it. So it's not like, oh, okay, I don't understand it. Why? Like, why would someone do this? Like, what can they get from it? Um, contrary to like what I, what I'm doing. Uh, no, some people because of their ego, they're like, oh, okay, this is not the way I'm used to doing things. So you know, let this let's dismiss it right away, and like they put it to the side, and because I've always felt in a way felt that there were there was much more to me than the version I am around my friends. There's like a part of me that I couldn't explore with them, and because I'm I'm always getting into different stuff like. The last few months I've been into philosophy. There was a time I wanted to like learn how to draw and do illustration. Uh, there's there was like another like period that I wanted to be into whatever. So I'm always changing my interests, which is very annoying. But it's one, it's unfair to ask my friends to keep up with it. <laughs> Second, it's stuff that doesn't interest them. So. You know, I could say, oh, you know, it doesn't interest them, so they won't engage. So I, I won't, I won't look for anyone who does who does like share this interest, and I'll just annul that part of myself. Or I can say, you know, there's people out there who like this too. So let me go try and find mm -hmm. them. Um, and that's how I've come across like crazy and wacky ideas that's how I've met you um and a bunch of other people like you mentioned Muzin it was the same thing um you know it was Clubhouse I heard of that app through the discord actually um and I was like okay you can meet like-minded people here that even though they're like-minded they can also like bring something new to the table we talked about like the ordinary person and um, how the ordinary person can make an impact on your life. Who would you say should come on the ordinary experience and talk about like their, their lives, the things that they've gone through, um, the experience that they've got, like the amazing things that they're doing in their lives that can change someone else's potentially. Have you got, is there anyone that springs to mind? Definitely. Who? Definitely. Um... And like as soon as God, I don't want to like make his ego any bigger than he is. But you don't know this person. But um, as soon as you started talking, and I realized where this was going, this this person just like came into mind. And am I supposed to like elaborate on that? You you like, can do. I'd love it. I'd, it I'd love a name if possible. I'd, I'd love a name if possible. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you the name, like, um, after. Okay. <laughs> but, but, um, we've talked about uh -huh. him. It's my ex-boyfriend. We're great friends. And he's someone who, like, you know, when we were talking about, um, the ordinary person mm -hmm. impacting mm -hmm. me and, like, inspiring me more than celebrities. Um, he's one of those people, like, he said, like, this one sentence to me one day, and it's so, 
it's nothing extraordinary, but he told me um, something that I was like, everything is temporary in the, in the grand scheme of things. And it's, you know, on one hand, it's such like an obvious thing, but it stuck with me. And every now and then I find myself going back to that sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's done like such great things. Um, he's that kind of person that whenever he puts his mind into something, um, he just goes and like, he can be the best at it. Um, and he will kill me because I'm like saying this, but you know, he's super successful in his professional life. Um, he's a champion in like athletics or whatever he does I've never understood it um it's just an inspiring person and I shouldn't have mentioned he was my ex-boyfriend I should have just said he was a friend that's where that filter just like got forgotten about right I know I mean I never remember the filter like this whole conversation uh uh, but yeah definitely if I had to think of someone uh, I would say him, but then there's a lot of people like me. Like I don't think I'm podcast material. I think I think when you listen to yourself back, you will look at yourself in a different light. If you want to listen to yourself back, that is a lot of people were weird about like listening to themselves after they've done something like this because like they were there, they know what happened. But um, I have to listen to myself back because I need to edit it right. So. For me, it's very much how can I use this as a twofold experience of getting better at podcasting, but also editing the damn piece of content. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can edit out the part when I say my ex boyfriend. <laughs> <and> just... <laughs> no, I'm keeping that in there. <laughs> no, I'm keeping that in there. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. I know we've uh, we was we wanted to talk about some more things, but I think that we'll get you on again to talk about antinatalism because I know that's a, a concept that you've been yes, exploring. Yes, yes. I mean, and I did a lot of research for this, so. Yeah, exactly. So we have to, we have to put that research into good use. And also, I think it was good, potentially, that we didn't speak about it on your first podcast because now you've popped your cherry. You feel a lot more comfortable going on and get, coming on again and us having a conversation around antinatalism and maybe some of the other concepts that it bleeds into or that surround it. Because that is a difficult conversation, but a conversation that people like just don't usually have. Yeah. So I appreciate, it's, I appreciate you coming It's on. one of those things. No, thank you. I loved it. Thank you for having me. And in this case, it's not even thank you for inviting me. It's thank you for having me because I know that I was being like super annoying. <laughs> I would have got you on But as I started, look, as I started, uh, I started a podcast by saying this is a sign that persistence goes a long way. And, you know, this could have turned out two ways. You would block me or you'd say, yeah, sure. Like, let's see what we can do of this. And that's what happened. And, uh, you know, I've peaked in life. Amazing. From now on, <laughs> from now on, it's just downhill. No, absolutely not. 
from now on it's uphill from now on it's just uphill you've hit a new like kind of like base base camp and now it's just like rest here up and on to the next one hopefully we can uh we can meet up for uh, for one of those coffees when you when you get your way over to the uk or i found my way over to portugal yes most definitely but i will uh, i will see you soon yes thank you so much for coming on thank you